you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't you know, true. Certainly, like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Punch it and did it again! Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe. How are you? Doing good, Shane. How was the bar, work, mm. whatever shenanigans you had to get into last night? Oh, my gosh. So tired of kissing ass, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we flip a coin, you know. I'm like, me and my wife, it's like, all right, one of us are going to have to drive. One of us are going to have to, you know, have fun. And unfortunately, I got the short end of the stick yesterday. So mm. it's, it's not fun being at a place, an establishment like that. Hey, we heard some great music. Uh, the Temptations was there. They, they did fantastic. And uh, I really enjoyed that show. But I'll tell you what, everybody's having fun drinking and you can't because you got to drive home and being a responsible adult. You know, it kind of kind of took the fun out of it, but um, you know what? That's all right. Next year's my year, Mike. I got you, Shane. Well, I got to ask you this then. Speaking of kissing ass, whose ass you got to kiss to get Jawan Jennings eligible mm. for this bowl game, Shane? People wanting Cousin Shane to weigh in. Obviously, you missed the last podcast. I kind of hit on my thoughts a little bit. What are your thoughts when you heard Jawan Jennings suspended for the first half of Tennessee's upcoming bowl game? Tennessee has accepted it. They're not gonna. There's no appeal or anything. So, to my understanding, there's no chance he's coming. He's gonna play in the first half as a Tennessee homer. Thoughts on that? <sighs> I thought it was a little harsh, Mike. You know, because when it first happened, you know, it was kind of hard because you know the game went away, and then you know I ended up watching it on my phone, and then all of a sudden the sound cut out, and I'm just like, what the what what just happened? You know. And then it just felt like it just kept growing and growing. And you know how Knoxville media is when they see something negative, they run with it. And <laughs> and at first reaction, I thought, you know, I didn't even notice that what what had happened, you know. And then I watched more and more videos. And if you watched a couple of the videos, they were kind of zoomed in on the dude's face and you saw the cleat. But you didn't see Juwan Jennings' helmet. You didn't see what he was doing. And real time, if you watch the entire video – I don't think it was on purpose, man. John was making his way back to the field. I mean, I, do it right now. Stand up, look the opposite way, and try to do something with your foot, Mike. You know what I'm saying? There's a pretty good chance you're going to miss whatever you're aiming at. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just felt like that that was the case. I don't think it was uh, – I, I mean, the hit out of bounds, probably. I, you know, I, I guess they could have gave him 15 yards for taunting while he was on top of him, but – 
Um, I don't think he should have missed a half, you know, especially when you see stuff like, you know, cash and I, I hate to bring him up, but you know, something like that, that didn't even, you know, receive any punishment from the sec and it was all over national TV. So I don't know. Just, I, I think that was just a little too much, man. Well, I got to hand it to vault Twitter, Shane, any questionable actions on the field? I've seen a dozen videos of it this week <laughs> i mean they're they are fine on these videos so yeah you make a good point you know i i don't really understand it i guess even if you're saying he stomped a guy you only give him half a game i mean if you if you stomp someone i think you should boot him for an entire game yeah. i don't i don't think he stomped him at least not intentionally or anything so I don't, I, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either he did it or he didn't and half a game doesn't make a ton of sense i think like I said, if they find out he definitely did it, maybe kick him out for an entire game. Otherwise, I think you got to let this one stand that, uh, hell, no one even called it on the field. You know what? That's right. I mean, it's kind of Cheney's fault if you think about it. They didn't have more plays getting him the ball, and that led to this disgruntled at the end. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> if they would have just kept feeding him, he wouldn't be so mad at the end of the game, Mike. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so I'm probably wrong. He probably did it on purpose, and you know what? We can't change it, so let's just make a – I hope it's going to be like a Gary Danielson with, a, you know, White last year coming in from the LSU game. I just hope everybody gets all pumped up and they do some sort of crazy interest at halftime for the for the juice man. <laughs> we might have to – maybe we'll come up with a drinking game, Shane, for every time they mention Juwan Jennings in the first half of the bowl game, take a drink. <laughs> That's true. We got plenty of bourbon now, you know, thanks to our our, our betters making uh, good on their bet claims with Kentucky. <laughs> well, speaking of Kentucky, Shane, let's do that. Let's jump to Lexington. Because right before we hopped on the pod here, got some big news with the Wildcats where former Auburn quarterback Joey Gatewood announced on social media he's joining Kentucky I think a lot of people saw this coming. I mean, he had spent a couple weekends up there, and he was there for the Tennessee game. I believe he was up there for the Louisville game. And now he's going to be a Wildcat, Shane. And I got to think, if you're Joey Gatewood, you're watching this offense with Lynn Bowden in Eddie Grand's offense, and you're saying to yourself, man, I am a perfect fit for this system. Mm -hmm. Obviously, i got a better arm, I would think, than a receiver. So, hell, I mean – they're going to open this up to even more possibilities. A physical, tough runner, Joey Gatewood. Seems like a match made in heaven. Now he's almost assuredly going to have to sit out next season unless he gets a waiver. I don't have any idea whether that's coming. I would imagine that that is going to come. But, you know, I don't know of anything that's going to get him it. But you never know with these waivers. So there is a chance he's available next year. More than likely the next year, but whenever he sees the field for the Wildcat chain, I think this is a hell of a pickup for Kentucky, and I think a really good fit for Joey Gatewood. Absolutely. I mean, we there was kind of smoke, you know, on this situation, so we we thought maybe he would land up there, and and what if he does clear, you know, the waiver? I mean, could you imagine next year? You know, they went from no quarterback to having Terry Wilson, Gatewood, and. Bo Allen, Sawyer Smith, you know what I'm saying? It's just like all of a sudden now they got like 50 quarterbacks. So um, I really like – I mean, honestly, if he sits out, that that's I think it's better for Joey. I mean, hoping that Terry stays healthy, of course, uh, because I think it's Terry's job. But that gives him another year to to learn that system up there. And, man, they're, they're set at quarterback for a while, brother. 
Yeah, and even better, you want to look at it this way, Shane. Other people interested in Joey Gatewood, LSU, of course, Joe Burrow leaving. I heard Florida was very interested. I know they have a stable of quarterbacks, but we, we know by now Felipe Frank's not going to be there. So mm-hmm. you're keeping him away from potential rivals. You're getting him in your quarterback room. I just think this is going to be a hell of a pickup for Kentucky. Absolutely. And I, if he does get the waivers, uh, an interesting thing is uh, next October, they travel down there. I think it's like the third or something like that. But Kentucky plays at Auburn. So uh, that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be some storylines. We're going to have to hear it, I'm sure. You know, probably Gary will have this game at 3.30. <laughs> <laughs> Shay, going hard on Gary. I love it. Uh, All right, Shay, you ready to talk some coaching rumors? Ooh. All right, Shay, first one here off the dock. I just want to get this one out of the way because our boy, sad, sad news here, Shane, Mike Leach agrees to a contract extension with Washington mm-hmm. State. It's really, it was played as a four-year deal. It's really only a one-year extension, so... Not saying he's not coming to the SEC for sure, but it certainly looks that way. Seems like Washington State locked up Mike Leach, the Pirate. So very unlikely he's coming to the SEC. You don't know whether that means, you know, maybe none of the SEC teams wanted him. I know I know at least uh, Arkansas interviewed him. I think Missouri would have taken him, possibly. Was there, let me ask you, I mean, did, has the contract details come out? I mean, is there like a buyout clause or is it like – you know, if he just, if he does get another job, he can just walk out. Nobody owes anybody money. That type of situation. All right, Shane. Yes, none of those contract details, to my to my knowledge, are out yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But you know, this all but assures he's staying at Washington State this year. Well, I mean, because if I mean, if there was like no buyout, like you know, he could be setting the bar, like. You know, I mean, just letting the country know, okay, this is what they're going to pay me, you know, mm-hmm. get that raise, get that little bump. And then when you do negotiate with another team, you could say, well, this is what they're willing to pay here. So you're going to have to do better. I mean, it could be a smart little agent play here. And and uh, I'm not I'm not willing to close the door yet, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like you're willing Mike Leach to the SEC with every word you're saying there. <laughs> That's how I get that. Uh, But let's go to another name here, Shane, that's popped up thanks to the uh, St. Louis Dispatch. But Arkansas State's Blake Anderson, possibly a target there of Missouri. Thoughts on that, Shane? I know Arkansas State, I think they're having a rough year this year. But make no mistake, they've been the best program in that state for the last couple years. So Blake Anderson, you know, for years, Arkansas State was a jumping off point for guys like Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze. I believe the Boise Mm -hmm. State coach uh, Harson coached there for a year as well Blake Anderson's about the only one that stayed for multiple years and he's had a lot of success there so uh, thoughts on maybe Missouri going down to Arkansas State getting their coach mm, I don't know Mike um, we're at that point though you know the mm-hmm. sexy higher names they're starting to close their doors one at a time and right. and then we get, then we're going to plan B here so um, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that this guy can't do it but you know uh, at least he does know the the area well you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. i i don't know i i don't 
I don't know enough about him to to really give a good opinion on on. I, I have no idea what kind of coaching style he has. I mean, one thing I don't want to see, Mike, I don't want to see something come in totally different, you know, because Coach Morris did recruit toward his system. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that they're smart enough when they do bring somebody in that it, it, it kind of mirrors that a little bit. You know, you, the last thing you want to do is, is, is do a, to, a total rebuild, you know. Yeah, I got you, Shane. Well, speaking of a sexy coaching hire, Shane, the sexiest name out there now, Mr. Lane Kiffin. Oh, baby. Arkansas, Joey Freshwater. Arkansas feels like they've locked him up, according to some rumors. Ole Miss think they've locked him up. Everybody's locking up Lane Kiffin. FAU, apparently there's speculation they're trying to lock him. He's got eight years left on his deal. They're trying to lock him <laughs> up to, I, I guess, a – Tenured, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're thinking down there, but uh, man, Lane Kiffin, Arkansas, Ole Miss looks like a showdown here. Shane, I'm I'm ready to make a bold prediction here. Well, let's hold off on the bold prediction till we okay. after after we hear this clip, Shane. This was uh, Lane Kiffin here on Thursday on Andy Slater, who's a South Florida guy here, was on the radio. He was on Andy Slater's radio show. Asked Lane Kiffin, will he be? FAU's coach next season. Lastly, I, I got to ask you: Are you going to be the FAU head football coach next season? I I hope they still want me here. So if they if they want you there, which I'm sure they do, that means you're going to be coming back. Well, like I said, I've never commented on searches, but um, that's what I plan on. All right, Shane. I don't know. <laughs> that's uh that's one of the weirdest damn answers. Consider Lane Kiffin. Nine and three playing for, I believe it's the conference USA championship on Saturday. Like I said, he's got eight years left on his deal. If I was going to ask you, Shane, everything's going well in your profession. You're locked down for the contract for eight more years. And I came up to you and said, Hey, you going to be here next year? Who the hell's <laughs> going to say something like that? <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm here I, if they'll have me. Like, what? I, I'm definitely going to be here. Maybe. It really depends, you know, but there's a real good shot, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tell you, coach is out. Uh, and, and I don't know where it's going to be. I hope, I mean, I kind of hope it's back to the SEC, and it could be Ole Miss. It could be Arkansas. Who knows? Mizzou may still be in the mix. I'm not willing to close that door either, mm-hmm. you know. So, I don't know. I put the clip out earlier, and, and it was funny because, like you said, a lot of people have already assumed that it's there's like no other candidates. Like it's Lane. Lane's coming to Arkansas. Lane's coming to Ole Miss. So I don't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Lane doesn't, you know, and stays in FAU. You know what I think would have been? Lane kind of shot himself in the foot, Mike, if you ask me. You know, he had an opportunity to go down there at LSU as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And with the weapons that they have down there, dude. Dude, he could write the check any job he wanted in the country right now. But uh, he was – you don't think – I mean, I know I know a lot of credit scoring to Brady. I see where you're going with that one, Shane, and I don't disagree with the logic, but here's the thing. And I actually gained a little bit of respect for Lane Kiffin for doing this. And here – I know he didn't have the best working relationship with Nick Saban, mm-hmm. even though he did a hell of a job there in Alabama. But, you know, he was far from an, a Saban guy. They're very different personalities. Had he gone to LSU and teamed up with Ed Orgeron, obviously their main rival would have been Alabama, Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And when someone, and make no mistake, Nick Saban 
threw a lifeline to Lane Kiffin after he was fired from USC. And when mm-hmm. someone salvages your career and and gets you back on track to becoming a head coach, when keep in mind, no one, and I mean no one, thought Kiffin would have been hireable as even an Alabama offensive coordinator. And they had so much success. They had success throwing the ball with a with Blake Sims as their quarterback. I mean, they were tearing it up. Mm-hmm. They had success running the ball with Derrick Henry. I mean, this is a versatile offensive mind that it didn't matter. You know, that that's one thing I really like about Jim Chaney. He's not all pass or all run. He's He adjusts to what he has. That's what Lane Kiffin showed his versatility at Alabama. And to turn around, and, and still no one was offering him a job. I mean, FAU is not a good job. Let's not kid ourselves. But it took right. Lane Kiffin three years with, I think they lost two games at Alabama during three years. All that success, and Lane Kiffin, the only job that would get him was FAU. To turn around and go up against the guy that saved your career, I just think that would have been real poor form. And I think that's why I really think Nick Saban stepped up there when he found out that he was going to go to LSU. We heard it just the other day. Ed Orgeron, you know, he publicly admitted it. I was going to hire Lane. But if you're going to be an offensive coordinator at LSU or you're going to be a head coach and he still had to rehab himself as a head coach, I think he made the right move because if he would have went to LSU and he would have had success as an offensive coordinator, there would still be those questions about Lane Kiffin. How mature is he? Can he run a program without scandals, without all this stuff? Now at FAU, they've had a lot. Of, they've had some success down there. I don't. I don't know about a ton of. I know they had a lot of success his first year. They're having it this year. I think last year it was not as well, but. I think he's answered those questions to where, yes, he tweets a lot. Yes, he's kind of in the media eye, but I think FAU really likes that because otherwise they're just not in the media eye. Mm-hmm. And he's handled himself with enough class that schools like Arkansas and Ole Miss may be interested in him. So I think he's just checking boxes down there. And I said I had a bold prediction, Shane, before we played that clip, and here it is. On Sunday, Lane Kiffin is coming back to the SEC, and it's going to be Ole Miss with the Ole Miss Rebels. He's going to take that job on Sunday. That's my bold prediction. And why for, Ole Miss? Why, why Ole Miss over Arkansas, you think? I just think it's um, right now with the talent we saw with all those freshmen, I just think it's in a little bit of a better spot. I think Arkansas, you know, I know we kind of went back on this the other day. We both said Arkansas we thought was – probably the best job that's available right now. And, you know, I've just been thinking a lot about it. I mean, there's just so much mess there with, particularly on the line of scrimmage. I'm thinking he could take that one as well. I certainly would not shock me if he's the head coach of Arkansas. But I think, uh, I don't know, I just think that Ole Miss is a little bit better situation. I think you could you got better in-state talent. He's recruited that area when he was at Alabama. I don't know. I just think he just seems like an Ole Miss type guy. You you hit on it uh, on one of our recent podcasts. Ole Miss likes to make that splash hire. They like the yeah. cocky coach. They like the arrogant guy because they kind of need that a little bit. And Lane Kiffin seems to be a little bit more of a fit at Ole Miss than Arkansas, in my opinion. And and here's another way to look at it, Shane. Before Lane Kiffin took that FAU job, mm-hmm. he had a chance. It was even Dan Wolken, I think, reported. It. He said he's going to be Lane Kiffin's going to be the next Houston coach. This was after uh, Tom Herman left, uh-huh. and Houston turned around and hired. I think it was Major Applewhite 
when they had the chance to hire Lane Kiffin, do you have any idea who was the Houston AD at that time, Shane? No. Hunter Juracek, who's now the AD at Arkansas. So Mm. they've had this kind of dance before, and it didn't work out. I think they're having it again. And I think in the back of Lane Kiffin's mind, he's like, hell, this guy didn't believe in me then. I'm going to Ole Miss. That's, That's my bold prediction right there. Mike, I like it. Any chance that we can get you to weigh in on uh, the other two? I mean, Mizzou and uh, Arkansas here? Uh, Missouri, I have no idea. I honestly don't. And then if okay. Arkansas, man, their guys their guys are dropping. Like, this is the issue here if I'm Arkansas. And I think their target is Lane Kiffin. I think they, I think they really got kind of the screw job here when, when Matt Luke got fired because – if you're a team, I don't understand why a hire has not been made yet at Arkansas. They've had time. They knew Chad Morris was out. The only mm-hmm. thing that's keeping that is they're targeting a coach either in the NFL, which seems kind of unlikely because with the signing day and everything, you kind of need those decisions made, or mm-hmm. you're going after a coach who's in the conference championship weekend, like a Mike Norvell, like a Lane Kiffin. And if you're waiting and you still strike out on those guys, I mean, that's just – that's a damn nightmare. So maybe it's Mike Norville. All the speculation is he's going to be the next Florida State coach. So if you're lo- you may be losing out your number one option. Kiffin might be your number two option. I think you're missing out on him too. So I don't know. You're in a tough spot if you're Arkansas. I'm I'm surprised if it's not someone that's coaching at a conference championship game. The hire should have already been made. There's just you. I mean, we're we're about two weeks away from the early signing period. Uh, every day that passes without a coach, you're losing out on a crucial, crucial uh, recruiting window. We're in a recruiting window right now where these coaches can go visit, and in about uh, a week and a half, they're not allowed to do it anymore. So they're really behind the eight ball if they don't get their guy this weekend. I like it. Here's what I think happens, Mike. Jerry Jones gets Jason Garrett at the end of the season. Says, "Hey, guy, I love you." You know, obviously, you've been here for 10 years. We haven't won anything. I'm going to keep you around. But this is how we're going to do it. You're going to coach from Arkansas Razorbacks next year. And I'm going to give you partial ownership to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you think that may happen, Mike? You think that's in the works? <laughs> so after sucking for so long, he's going to hire Jerry jo- or Jason Garrett? No, no chance. Oh, Jason, hell, he'd, kill it in, he'd kill it in the SEC, Mike. I'm telling you, everybody loves Jason, you know, except for Dallas fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane, so we got a big game here. I don't know if you've heard. The SEC championship game down in Atlanta, and thanks to old Tim McGraw, Shane, we got us a hype video. Is that this week? When the moment comes, breathe it in, notice it, acknowledge it, dwell in it. It's only here because you worked for it. You might as well savor it. When the moment comes, greet it with a smile, enjoy it, dance with it. You've earned that right. When the moment comes, launch yourself into it. Attack it fearlessly. Head first. Nothing held back. You've earned that right, too. And when the moment comes, make it yours. Grab it. Seize it. Take ownership of it. Take what you've earned. 
claim what is rightfully yours. Reap everything you've sown. And when it passes, let there be no doubt who this moment belongs to. Because now is the moment. Shane, showdown of epic proportions. LSU favored by a touchdown. Remember, it opened around four. Started seeing it a lot of books around six. Now it's up to seven. It's not moved off that seven line just yet. Mm -hmm. The SEC's best offense against the SEC's best defense, statistically speaking. Who do you like in this matchup? All right, Mike. Here's the deal. I think this... the thing about this game is you're right. It is the best of the best. It is the best offense versus the best defense, you know, and I, I try, I'm trying to check all the boxes and I, you know, I look at LSU and who they've just pounded into the dirt. I mean, this, this season has been absolutely amazing. It's a Cinderella season. Georgia, on the other hand, has fought tooth and nail. It's been ugly at times. It's not flashy, but damn, that defense always has the just always pulls them out. And mm-hmm. there at the end, sometimes it's just these guys are ruthless up front. The linebackers they have the all time greatest secondary I think I've ever seen in college football. I mean, that's just how good this defense is clicking right now. But we got a Heisman hopeful coming in, Mister Joe. Inside sock, out <laughs> Joe Burrow, smoking Joe. We used to call him. You remember that? Mm-hmm. We got some amazing wide receivers. We got a Georgia with a banged up running back. We got a receiver out. We got another receiver missing half the ball game. You know, it just feels like LSU should just steamroll these guys. However, LSU has had problems with good defense teams. You think about Florida that came down to a series or two. Mm-hmm. I know they ended up winning 42-28, but then you have Auburn. And I think Auburn mirrors Georgia better than anybody. And that was a close damn game, a game that LSU barely pulled out. And I think the problem, that the reason that Auburn didn't win that game there on October 26th was because of a freshman quarterback. Georgia doesn't have that. Georgia has a guy that has been to SEC championships. He's been in national championships. He's not been in the stage too big. And I think that helps him here. And I'm pulling the upset, Mike. I think LSU gets their first L coming up the SEC championship. A lot of that has to do with them thinking ahead. I think they're saying, you know what? We don't really care if we win this game or not because we're 
going bowling. Anyway, we're going to be in the playoffs if we lose this thing. It's a win-win situation. I think Georgia is fighting for more, and that's what I like, and I think Georgia wins it. In the end, by field goal, 31, LSU 28. Ooh. A whole hot rod. Going to convert for the, for the win? Absolutely. With four seconds left. Mm. That's pretty stunning, Shane. I I was almost assured you're Mr. Cocho, mm-hmm. Mr. Joe Burrow. That's right. We've been talking this kid up all year. I'm stunned. I think LSU is about to... Uh, until your recent hot streak, LSU's the only team that was winning your locks all week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm 3-0. This is a lock of the week, Mike. So I'm about to go 4-0, I think. Yeah, I like a lot of what you had to say, Shane. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, discussion, obviously, about uh, George Pickens missing the first half. But I don't really think that's going to hurt Georgia, as crazy as that sounds, just given the fact they know it's coming. So you, mm-hmm. you already worked that into your game plan. A little bit the same as Lawrence Cager. Obviously, you'd like to have him in the lineup. Jake Fromm's numbers with Cager in the lineup without it, that's been a big talking point this week. I think he's around 71% completing his passes. I think he's 54 with Cager out, 71 with Cager in. So that mm-hmm. is huge. Cager is the number one option. But again, they know. They've been planning for this. They know he's out. So I don't know that that's really going to be that big of a factor. You know, Georgia could be in a real bad spot here if LSU's offense gets rolling because I, I just don't think Georgia can keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I'm kind of concerned about here, DeAndre Swift, if he's 100%, I think Georgia – Maybe could keep up with LSU. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. But the shoulder issue—I mean, that's a terrible issue to have for a running back. Obviously, you're going to be getting hit in that shoulder. So how? You know, only Georgia is really saying they're saying he's going to play. They say he's going—he'll toughen it up. Everybody's injured. That's true. But you know, that's kind of a—that's kind of the way you talk when you know someone's not going to play, or maybe you just use them as a decoy and stuff like that. They've also been talking up the running back depth, so I'm very concerned with DeAndre uh, Swift's status because I just don't know where he's at, and I think clearly he's Georgia's best player on offense, so it's tough to make an accurate prediction without knowing how he is. But we've kind of hit on it too with Jake from I know he's not quite looked the part at times this year, but this is a kid that it just doesn't seem to be phased ever by anything. And you can go back all the way to his freshman year when they went on the road and beat Notre Dame. I mean, he, by no means was he a star, but it was not too big for him. The national championship wasn't too big for him. None of these SEC, I think the best game of his life was last year at the SEC championship before Alabama came storming back. So I think Jake Fromm's going to be on point in this one. I think they're going to have some success against this LSU defense. I know LSU played a lot better here down the stretch, but... Yeah, outside of Texas A&M, the opponents were not that good, so I'm not totally buying that they're going to shut down Georgia. Flip it over to the other side, LSU, man, it's just, uh, it is a machine right now, but kind of like you said, you know, it's easy to say, you know, Georgia's not faced an offense like this, but it's mm-hmm. it's accurate to say LSU has only faced one defense quite like this, and they got them, and that was yeah. in Baton Rouge. So this one, little bit more home field advantage for Georgia. I think Georgia's going to watch that film, study that film. They got a lot of the same players, type players that Auburn's got. So they're going to have some success, I think, against LSU. 
The issue is going to be when LSU goes five wide, how those Georgia defensive backs, how they match up one-on-one. And that is a question mark, but, hell, you got Kirby Smart there, one of the best defensive back coaches in college football. I like Georgia to have enough answers. How about the kicking game? Obviously, we hit on it there. I think Georgia has got the advantage in kicker and punter, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't think about that, but a crucial game like this is going to come up. As long as Kirby doesn't call any crazy-ass fakes here. (laughs) I think Georgia's going to have an advantage to special teams, too. But the X factor for me, Shane, I'm going back to your preseason pick. I don't even think the X factor is Joe Burrow. I think it's the Clydesdale. And this is, uh, I mean, this guy is a damn man on a mission. He won him the Alabama game, in my mind. He's just playing lights out. He's the only other player on this team, I think, is playing on an equal level as Joe Burrow right now. I know they've had some outstanding receivers. So I, th- I even think Georgia, I think there's an excellent chance they have the lead at halftime. I think this is going to be a four-quarter game. But I'm giving it to LSU at the very end. Clydesdale gets one in there, final touchdown of the game. LSU wins it, but Georgia covers that spread. I liked it better at that original four-point line than everyone jumped on LSU and pushed it. That's the advantage of getting on those lines early. I got the score, LSU 24, Georgia 20. Mm. I just think you're wrong, Mike. And (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you're right. I mean, that's that's this type of game. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I I feel like – Kirby's going to come out and say, okay, you know, just kind of like what we've been talking about. What are we good at? We got, you know, we got a great line. We got great running backs. We got a great defense. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to slow the game down. I think that they're going to just try to do it three, four, five yards at a time and keep the the smoking Joe on the sideline. Mm -hmm. And when he's out there, do everything you can press blitz, get chase off, you know, get some of these guys off the side and, and and give Joe pressure and get them out. Three and outs are going to be huge. If you can keep Joe, if you can make them go three and out a few times and you just keep picking up yards, next thing, you know, it's second quarter, it's third quarter. And then Joe's having to do a comeback there at the end. And if you notice there was times this year, not a lot, but there was times this year, LSU had to get in some sort of shootout, you know, Mm -hmm. And why that's important is when they did get in those shootouts and that defense was on the field, they really started gashing them. And and I think that's what we're going to see. I think it's going to just be a kind of like Kirby talked about during the Kentucky game that, you know, it's not pretty, but in the third, fourth quarter, when these guys are extremely winded and, and their backups are even tired, you know, that's when you start seeing Swift and, you know, uh, Zeus and all these guys just just banging out. And I just think that's the type of game we're going to see here. I don't think LSU's going to be ready for it because I think they're going into this thing thinking they're the greatest team in the nation. Not that they're not, but I don't think they're – I just feel, have a feeling they're not going to be as prepared as Georgia is. So – That's why I've got the upset predicted. And I do like the point that you made. I mean, this is Georgia Super Bowl right here. Season's over if you lose this game. Season, national championships, hopes, they continue only if you Mm -hmm. win this game. So I think Georgia will be the more motivated team in this game. And uh, how about looking at it this way, Shane? Yes, we know LSU's outstanding passing attack. They've been fantastic all season. But I don't think there's any chance – 
that they're going to dominate this Georgia defense on the ground. So they're going to be forced to go to the air to have success. And that's always a dangerous proposition when you're going up against a team that can match you athlete for athlete on the outside. All it takes, Mm -hmm. Shane, is one batted ball, one tip ball, one overthrow, and Georgia is going to intercept that. And, I mean, that could change the game. So anytime you're going up against – and like I said, Kirby Smart, defensive back mastermind here – I mean, I just really think he's going to have something dialed up for LSU that they don't see coming. you telling me – I know Joe Brady's probably going to win that assistant award of the year. Kirby Smart's mm-hmm. won it, I think, twice now. And, hell, he's, a, he's been doing this long enough. I don't think there's uh, any chance Joe Brady outsmarts Kirby Smart in his defense. So, I'm not saying LSU's going to get shut down here. Obviously, I got them winning the game here. But I just don't think they're going to score at will. I think it's going to be a very tightly contested game. And – the key for me, why I really don't expect Georgia to win, and I'll go back to this once again, DeAndre Swift's health. If I knew for a fact he's 100%, I'm picking Georgia to win this game. But mm-hmm. I I just don't think that he is. And you're talking a running back with a shoulder injury. I don't know. I, th- I think this might be – it might be too much to ask him to carry the offense here and be the difference in the fourth quarter. He may not even – hell, he may not even play in this game for all we know. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many factors, Mike. Oh, but it, you know, it kind of feels like, uh, what was it that year when was it LSU at beat Alabama was unexpected. And then they ended up playing each other in the BCS national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, was that, was that LSU beat was, I can't remember if Saban was in LSU or not. Yeah. No, no, he had to be. Yeah. There was so he's the, in Alabama. The, old, the classic nine, six overtime yeah. game in Tuscaloosa. LSU mm-hmm. wins it. Then going into the national championship, everybody thought same thing. LSU got them in Tuscaloosa. They got this one. They got fucking goose egged. Alabama yeah. won it, and that was the uh, that was the last time LSU beat Alabama Shane, until this year. So, yeah, I mean, it could it, be one of those it, for sure. <laughs> and you could also look at it this way: it wasn't that long ago Georgia lost to Auburn, really outclassed Georgia. They meet again a couple weeks later, SEC championship game. Everybody had Auburn. Everybody had Auburn going to the college football playoff. It was Georgia that won the game, went on to the college football playoff, and damn near won it, if not for two his second and 26 play. But, yeah, I mean, this game really could go either way. I've seen a ton of people, LSU, having uh, you know so much confidence. I think that's dangerous. That's dangerous going in a game like this. I would, If I'm an LSU fan – you expect to win and all that, that's fine. But thinking you're going to kick the shit out of this team, good luck with that. It's, it's not going to happen. Oh, man. Watch me put money on this thing and LSU win by 30. You know, <laughs> I just that's what I'm worried about. You know, <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm pumped up, Mike. This is going to be a great one. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times these SEC championship games, they're really lopsided. You know, they, I mean, it's been a while since we've. I, you know, I felt really good about the the SEC championship game. I mean, last year, but you know, you know, years prior, it's always been one side's more dominant than the other. And this one, man, it just could go either way. And I'm excited. You know, no offense to our Alabama listeners, I'm kind of glad Alabama's not in it. You know, it's a it's a nice change up too. You know, yeah, something a little different. Yeah, so I'm pumped up and ready for it. So the next time we meet, Shane, we'll be breaking down the SEC championship game. One or both of these teams in the college football playoff, more than likely, we'll find out. And then we'll have 
the bowl destinations for all the SEC teams. So looking forward to that on Sunday's show, which of course will come out Monday morning, but uh, we'll have a lot to break down. Maybe a couple coaching hires, Shane. Like I said, old Lane, hell, these teams that aren't going bowling, probably a hell of a lot to talk with them as well. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to that, Shane. Looking forward to some good uh, championship weekend football. You got anything before we hop off here? Yeah, buddy. I got a couple of reviews. All right, let's do it. First off, I, I do appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know how your season went. There's 14 teams. Not all of us did great. And some of us did better than others. And if you're listening to us this late in December, you know, it's just because you love college football and you're excited about the future of your team and uh, maybe just, you know, just breaking up the monotony. But I mm-hmm. will tell you this, guys, I really do appreciate all the effort everybody's put in this year. Uh, this show's really grown a lot, and a lot of that has to do with you listeners. Some of you, you hardcore folks from the beginning, you know, just word of mouth spreading this thing out, and uh, it just caught fire. And I, I just, again, I appreciate these reviews. You know, if I could give you all individual reviews, I would because I, I'm appreciative <laughs> for everything you guys do. So, but uh, I did want to read a couple. Uh, we had a couple listed and uh if you have the itunes the iphone you know it's christmas time you know hopefully getting some ipads and things like that you can jump on here and throw a rating that really does help us out uh but i got three mike if you're ready yes sir let's do it all right first one comes from krypton barton big orange balls five star big time gator fan here and i put the tennessee rivalry almost on the same level as fsu rivalry i hate that soft yellow orange with a passion (laughs) (laughs) that being said i love the personality and perspective shane brings to the table talk college football podcast here that thanksgiving episode was great well krypton barton even though i love that beautiful what you call it soft yellow orange (laughs) with a passion i appreciate your review man yeah thank Thank you appreciate that one all right next one this one comes from lsu by fitty <laughs> <laughs> updated five stars tiger fan living in and then it's marked off it didn't fill all the letters in but it's five star i'm sorry i hit the four stars <laughs> and didn't realize until i got called out for the th- on the thanksgiving pod please forgive me cousin shane <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Shane, you all have been my top podcast for the past year, and I can't thank y'all enough for giving me my SEC fixed. I, I was born and raised in Piney Woods of East Texas and went to a game in Death Valley back in 2009. From that point on, I have bled purple and gold. I recently moved up to Nebraska, and although I love the Huskers, LSU will always be my team. Every pod makes me feel like I'm at my favorite bar in town and just shooting the breeze. Keep up the great work, boys, and as always, go Tigers. Well, LSU by Fitty, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for that one. And last but not least, Jordan Sylvie. This one's titled SEC Five Star. Great podcast, hashtag dogs on top. Well, Jordan Sylvie, you love my pick, hopefully. Because I need them to win so I can make a little money before Christmas. <laughs> George Sylvie, I appreciate you and I appreciate all the listeners, man. Absolutely. Uh, those really do help out the podcast. So anyone, uh, if you haven't given us one, 
scoot on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star written review. That really does help us out. We're very appreciative of all those. We'll read them on the air. Uh, That's going to do it, Shane, on this one. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go ball. out nobody owes anybody money mm-hmm. that type of situation that uh, yeah i don't have any particulars on this at this point i'm sure that'll come in the coming days here but son of a god pirates here buddy <laughs> let's get him on give him a mic i won't talk to him <laughs> yeah none of those contract deeds fuck it's not coach morris is it i mean it's kind of rogue i'm screaming at him he's at all right, Shane. Yes, none of those contract details, to my to my knowledge, are out yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But you know, this all but assures he's staying at Washington State this year. Uh, Jeez, Louise. Hold on, let me go yell at them. Coach, it's coming for you, Mike. Mm, this is unacceptable.